I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Of course the Rangers will survive. We got them on the run. It's high noon for Monday, May 17th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also occasionally find me on Gab at I'm your moderator and the merch site is www.cancelcotour.com. Today is the 117th day of Barack Obama's third term, as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history, and the father, of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth, Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You alone will have the unique experience of building an entire fantasy world only to watch it crumble around you. A warm Monday high noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. Hi, redeemable commies. We see you. We see you in your commie state, and we see that you probably don't really want to be there. So what you need to do is listen to this podcast and make it through the next hour. And yeah, there's going to be some mocking and some ridicule, but only because you deserve it for all of these stupid and evil ideas you still hold in your brain. But the thing is, if you do that and you make it through, You're going to find out you're still okay. And you might even listen tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And by the time we get three or four weeks down the road, you're going to be American again and you'll be totally prepared for what's to come, which means, and this is the best part, you get to participate in the American Renaissance. That's what everyone should want. We shouldn't want vaccine passports and endless masking And pretending that everything you believe is actually the science. Trust me, you're wrong about everything. And I know you're thinking right now, oh, hey, how can you say that? You don't even know what I think. Yes, I do. If you support Joe Biden and you complain about Donald Trump and you think the 2020 election was legitimate and COVID is very deadly, then I do know what you think about literally everything. And what you think is absolutely nothing because you can't support any of those positions, which is why you never try and why you hate and reject everyone who argues with you. So that's the thing, commies. Just come on back. You're welcome here. We all understand how it happened to you. We know it wasn't your fault. I mean, it is now, of course, because you've let it go on way too long and you've probably rejected some friends and family members. And that doesn't speak too well of your character. But you're redeemable. And we want you back on Team America 
So come on back. Now, occasionally I will listen to episodes of my own show, which might sound narcissistic. And maybe it is. I don't know. Sometimes I think, hey, is it weird that I'm listening to my own voice now? But I like to do some measure of quality control here, and I don't have a team around me to do that. So I like to occasionally listen to an episode, see if I got anything wrong, if something I said doesn't make sense, if I misinterpreted something. And on Saturday, I was listening to Friday's show, and I heard the audio from Jen Psaki's press briefing on Friday, and I listened to Steve Ducey's questions again, and I think I might have misinterpreted one of them. So I want to play it now, and I'll, then I'll talk about it, and then we'll see what that means. Last one. Andy Slavitt said this morning that the White House found out the mask guidance was going to change at 9 p.m. the night before. Were you guys surprised that in the 9 o'clock hour at 9.25, the CDC director was on CNN saying that the science wasn't there yet? Now, at first, I just thought that there was something shady in the timing of those events, but I hadn't quite listened to what Peter Ducey said exactly. And he said that Walensky was actually on television saying the science wasn't there yet for removing the masks 25 minutes after the CDC supposedly told the Biden administration that they were rescinding the mask recommendations. And that actually throws a lot more doubt into what Jen Psaki said about the White House's role in the decision and how much politics played into the decision. This now actually looks like the decision didn't come from the CDC at all that the Biden administration decided it and that the CDC was basically left in the dark until maybe later that night, if not the next morning, if the director of the CDC is still out on television saying that the mask mandate needs to stay in place. And that's how the whole week went last week. But this is really damning. And obviously, we're going to find out more about this because They are just so incompetent and so bad at lying. It really is incredible. They are trying to prevent it from being exposed that the White House made a political decision about masking and that none of this had anything to do with the science. That's the cover that they're trying to create here for themselves. But of course, it had nothing to do with the science. The entire thing has been a lie. Now, let's listen to Rochelle Walensky this weekend. It was just Tuesday when you sat before a Senate committee and you were adamant then that masking and social distancing should remain in place. But the Washington Post is reporting you had already approved a decision to change the guidance When it was finally announced on Thursday, it came as a huge surprise and left some administration officials, doctors, businesses off guard. So why so suddenly and why did you not tell the Senate panel what you had decided? Now, it's important to recognize the question here. Why didn't you tell the panel what you had already decided when you testified? Right. Because the Washington Post 
reported that the decision had already been made. Got it? The Washington Post did that. The Washington Post, who never gets anything wrong and never, ever would put out a total bullshit story to cover for the CDC and Democrats. The Washington Post reported the decision had already been made, and then she went in front of the Senate and testified to something entirely different. She testified that she would be scared to send her child to summer camp. A few weeks ago, this is the same person who whimpered on national television, saying that she had a very real sense of impending doom. What happened to that? You'll remember her impending doom was felt about states like Texas removing their mask mandates. And now we have Texas with record low COVID numbers across the board. Zero deaths. The numbers have been getting constantly better everywhere, regardless of masks, mask mandates and vaccines. All of this was already coming down. If they were testing properly, we would have never had a pandemic to begin with. And we can actually hear Walensky admit that in an interview I'll play next. And remember the questions. Why did this decision happen so suddenly? And why did you tell the Senate the exact opposite thing two days before? Thank you. Good morning, Marcia. Thanks, Martha. Thanks for having me. I am, um, you know, the guy, first of all, let's celebrate this moment. I am, uh, you know, first of all, let's celebrate this moment. It's like she was schooled at Kamala Harris's school for lying badly. She just exudes insincerity. Um, we're at a place in this pandemic. Cases have been coming down um, more than a third just in the last two weeks. That's been happening forever. But the question was, why was the decision so sudden? And why didn't you tell the Senate? We have vaccine now across this country, widely available for anyone who wants it. Yep, it's been that way for a while. Your problem is that people don't want it, including 40 to 50 percent of the CDC and the NIH. And we now have science that has really just evolved even in the last two weeks that demonstrates that these vaccines are safe, they are effective, they are working in the population just as they did in the clinical trials. But what about the variants? What about the breakthrough cases? What about our children at summer camp? That they are working against our variants that we have here circulating in the United States and that if you were to develop an infection even if you got vaccinated, that you can't transmit that infection to other people. So what you really have to understand is that within two days, the science completely reversed itself. You know, that old crazy science always doing just whatever we tell it. But that's what science is. It's always changing. Old science gets replaced by new science and new science happens whenever we need it to. Some of that science was really evolving as late as last Thursday. Why would anyone ever believe this? And one of the published one of the papers, the largest paper was published from the CDC just the day before yesterday. So we were actively reviewing that science during the past week. We were making decisions and moving, moving and our subject matter experts were working just as I was testifying in front of Congress. And those that was what was happening. I told the American people I delivered. Ah, got it. So Anthony Fauci and his band of Nazi elves 
were busy in the shop just trying to finish their project in time for Rochelle Walensky to go out on TV 48 hours later and still say the same thing, even about a decision that had been made days ago. So the science wasn't there yet. Two days after the science was there, and even a half an hour after the science made its way to Joe Biden. And obviously, it wasn't a political decision. It's honestly insulting to the science that you would even think that. But here's Rochelle Walensky with another communist. Are you aware of any fully vaccinated individual who has died of COVID-19? The simple answer is yes. The complex answer is also yes. Let's see what answer we get. We do keep a track of this on our website. Um, we are asking hospitals and, and uh, healthcare facilities to send us um, cases of what we're calling breakthrough infections. They occur. They are rare. We are aware of 223 as of May 10th that are um, among the 115 million people that had been vaccinated by that time. So you have breakthrough cases and you're aware of 223 out of 115 million. Oh, yeah, that doesn't sound bad. That does sound very effective. So only 223 cases out of 115 million. I also want to convey that now many, many hospitals are um, screening people for COVID when they come in. Oh, yeah, of course. Like they've been doing the entire time, literally the entire time, every single day, the entire time. Hospitals have tested everyone for COVID. Why? Because if they get a positive test, guess what happens? Ching, ching, ching. They get paid. So not all of those 223 cases who had COVID actually died of COVID. Yeah, I mean, of course, if there are 223 cases, you wouldn't have 223 deaths, not for a disease where only one out of 1000 people die. And every single instance, almost, is someone over 65 years old with multiple severe comorbidities, 80 percent of whom are obese. So, yeah, of course, 223 out of 223 didn't die from covid. Give me a break. They may have had mild disease, but died, for example, of a heart attack. Wait, what? So if they die from a heart attack with COVID, then they didn't die from COVID. Is that what she's saying? Well, that sounds crazy. I mean, that's what I've been saying for. Oh, yeah, the whole time, the whole time. Why? Because that's how they've been counting it the whole time. Now, you might say. Wait a second. Why are you upset about that? You don't want something counted as a covid death if it was a heart attack or a motorcycle crash or murder. Right. And I would agree. I don't want them counted like that. You know, when I really didn't want them counted like that the entire time. Recall a few minutes ago when I said if we had proper testing standards and proper definitions of what a case was. We would not have close to this many cases or close to this many deaths. And the fact that none of us have any idea it's even in our community, except for these stupid masks, would tell you really quickly that we just had a pandemic of choice based on terrible actors in the public health community and in the communist political community. So case, you said 223 uh, cases, but no uh, confirmed deaths. Well, sure, Dana. Yeah, that's sort of what she said. 223 cases and some of them died, but 
<laughs> probably not from COVID. At least I'm going to tell you this thing that makes it sound like it's not from COVID because that would ruin the whole narrative if people were still dying even after being fully vaxxed. Of people who are vaccinated from COVID. I'm, I'm sorry, there have been 223 deaths out of 115 million Got it. people who Thank have you been vaccinated. An extraordinarily, extraordinarily low rate when you consider the death rate of COVID itself. Great. Let's consider that death rate. Exactly. In fact, I just considered it. It's one out of a thousand people. It's roughly 0.1%. It has always been like that. Anthony Fauci knew this last March and wrote about it in a paper. It was published in the New England Journal of Medicine. It wasn't a secret. You were just a conspiracy theorist for believing it. That's the real thing. And again, we're not talking about vaccine injury or vaccine death, which is actually far higher than 223. We're talking about people who got fully vaccinated, then had a COVID infection and then died from or with COVID. That's what she's referring to right now. This should tell everyone out there that the vaccine is not what you think it is. You can develop your own standard of the vaccine working, but if you take a vaccine and then you get the disease that the vaccine is supposed to prevent, and then you can still die from the disease that you were vaccinated for, well, that's not what anyone signed up for. We call them breakthrough cases because they're, you know, so rare. Can't believe they broke on through to the other side. But how rare are they really? How many asymptomatic, COVID-infected, fully vaccinated people are going to go get tested? I would suggest the answer might be zero. And of course, we are severely undercounting breakthrough cases and that's obvious. Thank you so much. And I think what you started with is important. This is really, really good news. He had such good news. Let's celebrate. We don't have to wear masks anymore, even though we already didn't have to. And only 223 people have died from the disease that you said they couldn't get from this vaccine. So <laughs> let's celebrate. And let's immediately push this whole vaccine death thing out of our heads. Because we don't have to wear masks anymore if we're vaccinated. This is really good news. And I'm a very serious journalist. Uh, thank you to scientists. Thank you for making this time possible. And it's just a question of. Thank you, scientists. Thank you for creating a world where I don't have to wear the mask. I mean, I'm still going to wear the mask because I want everybody to know that I'm on the good side. But thank you. Thank you, science. Thank you, science. I'm on my knees. I'm praying at your altar. Just bless me, science. Don't give me the scary cold. I'm a very serious journalist. And of course, no COVID media roundup is complete without an appearance from Nazi doctor Anthony Fauci. COVID-19 has shown a bright light on our own society's failings. Yes, correct. Especially in our science and public health communities and the media and entertainment and tech and global communism. Our country's experience with COVID-19 has not only upended our own lives, but it has uncovered a stark reality 
and failing of our own society. The unacceptable disparities in health experienced by minority groups, especially African-Americans, Hispanics, and Native Americans. Ah, yes. Very science. Tell me more. Many members of minority groups have a much greater risk of COVID-19, often because of the nature of the jobs that many of them have as essential workers in society. Wait, what? So working in a grocery store in a black neighborhood is more dangerous than working at a grocery store in a white neighborhood vis-a-vis COVID? Am I understanding that right? And are you now just using essential worker as a euphemism for worker with a minority racial identification or poor person? Or what are you saying, Dr. Mengele? More importantly, when people of color get infected with SARS-CoV-2, they more likely will develop a severe consequence of the infection. And this is because minorities in general have a greater incidence and prevalence of underlying comorbid medical conditions, including hypertension, chronic lung disease, diabetes, and obesity. I think he just said that black, Hispanic, and Native American people are fatter than white people, and that's the problem. That lead to a multifold increase in hospitalizations and deaths from COVID-19 compared with the general population. And this narrative, of course, is based specifically and only on the Atlantic's COVID-19 tracking project. The Atlantic, by the way, was bought in the last few years by Steve Jobs' widow, and they pretty much do whatever the CCP tells them. Look at their writers. Honestly, what an embarrassing publication. It used to be like the best, and now it's pathetic. They have that clown David Frum spinning off Russian conspiracy theories still, still five years later, the biggest conspiracy theorist on the Internet. They have Amanda Mull, who last year wrote that Georgia easing lockdowns in May was an experiment in human sacrifice. The Atlantic is a joke. Every good writer should leave as fast as possible. Now, very few of these comorbidities have racial determinants, almost relate to the social determinants of health, dating back to disadvantageous conditions that some people of color find themselves in from birth. Got that? So it's not that they actually have a racial biological difference that exposes them to more danger from the virus. It's society's fault because society made them this way. And now these are just the results. So listen up, America. It's your fault that black people die from COVID. You know whose fault it's not? The guy who made COVID. Regarding the availability of an adequate diet, access to health care, and the undeniable effects of racism in our society. Very data, very science. I cannot wait to hear from a medical public health perspective what the undeniable effects of racism are on our society. It is a CDC health issue now, isn't it? 
Racism is a public health crisis, we are told. Give us the data. Give us the data on masks. Give us the data on lockdowns. Give us the data on hydroxychloroquine. Give us your funding records. Give us your funding records for the virus and the vaccines. Give us a reason to not question the fact that the guy who was funding the gain-of-function research that almost definitely created the virus is also the guy arranging the funding for the vaccine research and participating in the ownership of the intellectual property. Give us some reason why that shouldn't be a problem, Oracle of Science. Let's promise ourselves that our corporate memory of this tragic reality, that an infectious disease disparately hospitalized and kills people of color, does not fade after we return to some form of normality. Now, the thing you may not be able to tell from only the audio without the video is that Anthony Fauci is sitting there reading this entire thing. He just has like three minutes of airtime uninterrupted to read this very emotional speech that he wrote to let everyone know that the science says COVID is racist. And if you don't follow what he says, you're hurting black people the worst, which makes you racist. Writing this wrong will take a decades long commitment. I strongly urge you to be part of that commitment. Got that? Writing this wrong, basically trying to make up for something that none of us had any part in whatsoever, will be a decades-long process. And what will that process be? Well, we're going to have to check our privilege and then do whatever anyone says as long as they say that it's for racism. Gotta fix racism, you. so you gotta do this. Gotta fix racism, so you gotta do that. Gotta fix racism, so you gotta do whatever I say forever. That, right there, is a communist telling you about a long-term communist plan. And you can see the plan. Let's not be ridiculous. We all have eyes. We live in this country. We know what they've been doing. Everything is race all the time. Because they put a moral and reputational cost on disagreeing with them. That's the point. And let's also understand what Fauci is doing here. Okay. Anthony Fauci is down to his last out. And I know he doesn't like baseball analogies because then everybody thinks about the fact that he can't throw a baseball more than 15 feet and at least 45 plus degrees to the left. But he's down to his last out. This is the sort of thing that you try when no one listens to you anymore. Hey guys, (laughs) yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I funded the lab that created the virus and yeah, I'm funding the cures and yeah, I messed up the whole AIDS thing and I'm probably singularly responsible for killing more gay people than ISIS, but... If you stop listening to me now, you are racist. Just look at all these words that I used in my speech. 
Don't you think my speech is great? Didn't it touch your emotions, commies? I'm used to hearing clapping. (laughs) Where is my clapping? Clap for me, commies. TikTok, Nazi doc. And it's a strange, strange gambit for Anthony Fauci to now say that this virus has somehow particularly targeted ethnic minorities. Hey, Anthony, that's you, bro. If Elon Musk made self-driving Teslas that like crashed into black people at a hundred times the rate of crashing into white people, it's not the car that's racist. (laughs) Anthony Fauci is the one who funded this disease. The creation of this virus, that's him. That's his team. There's no reason why gain-of-function research should be a thing that happens in this world. They create a virus telling you that it's so they can create the cure. Hey, man, you don't need to cure shit that doesn't exist. So stop making it exist. And guess what? We don't have a problem. And yeah, I understand that pandemics can come from the wild. We can cross that bridge when we come to it. And hopefully we don't cross it by doing things we know don't work like lockdowns and masking. And making illegal the drugs that actually cure the disease and paying doctors to find more of the disease and paying them even more when a person dies and putting sick people into nursing homes where the most vulnerable people are. Let's go down that road instead. How about that? We'll wait, see if a virus emerges and then handle it like normal people instead of like Science-educated retards. Oh, no, he's attacking the science. Not attacking the science. They're not reading the science. The science is clear, and it is opposite what Anthony Fauci says it is. That's the point. Science is a tool of discovery that is supposed to benefit humans, or else we wouldn't use the tool for that. Be like brushing your teeth with a sword. Ah, this new Crest flavor is delicious. Oh, I'm dead. Humans invent tools for the advancement of themselves and the advancement of humanity. If the tool is not being put to use toward those ends, then it's being used wrong. And it's actually okay to say that. Now, let's see what the enfeebled usurper of the free world is saying right now. Hardest work is ahead. We're still losing too many Americans, and we still have too many unvaccinated people in America. Last week, the CDC announced that if you're fully vaccinated, you no longer have to wear a mask. They reported that science, the science now shows that your vaccination protects you as well as being masked or better than being masked. Wait, what? The vaccine protects you as well as a mask or even better than a mask? But masks don't protect you at all. 
The vaccine protects you as much as a mask. Oh, well, I think a lot of people are going to want refunds. Commies are just going to start squeezing their shoulder like to to pop that vaccine pimple. Shoot that vaccine right back out of me right now. It only protects me as well as a mask. Either way, you're protected. As I said last week, some people may want to continue to wear a mask, even if they're fully vaccinated. That's a decision they can make. Some businesses may want to continue to require wearing masks. Let's all be kind and respectful to one another as we come out of this pandemic and respect those who want to continue to wear a mask, even if they've been vaccinated. Exactly. Their body, their choice. If they are going to be monumental pussies and still want to wear a mask around, even though they've had the vaccine, which is basically apparently just as good as wearing two masks, they should have that right. It's their choice. They have to look out for their own health. And you got to respect that. We got to come together as a nation and everybody has to respect the individual health choices of these people who want to wear a mask that doesn't do anything and want to get a vaccine that does exactly what a mask does. (laughs) Now, over the past 118 days, our vaccinations program has led the world. And today we're taking an additional step to help the world. We know America will never be fully safe until the pandemic that's raging globally is under control. No oceans wide enough, no walls high enough to keep us safe. Ain't no ocean wide enough. Ain't no wall that's high enough to keep us safe from COVID. Thank God we have masks. Rampant disease and death in other countries can destabilize them, those countries, and pose a risk to us as well. New variants could arise overseas that could put us at greater risk. And we need to help fight the disease around the world to keep us safe here at home and to do the right thing of helping other people. It's the right thing to do. Wait a second. I thought that we were past the whole variant thing because I thought that the vaccines were proven very effective against the variants. And that's why we don't have to wear masks anymore, even though the masks are apparently just as effective as the vaccines, which is to say zero percent effective. How do these people actually function in the real world? Imagine not having all the censorship and the media and all the other old guard forces protecting this terribly stupid point of view. These people are actually as incompetent as they sound, okay? If the stuff they were saying is true, it would work in the world and they could be coherent about it, but they're not coherent, especially not this old usurping pervert. And by the way, it may not sound like it, but right here, he is advertising to the American people how great we are for giving other parts of the world the AstraZeneca vaccine. You know, the one that we don't really use in this country. This is all an advertisement for Americans to be happy about the fact that their tax dollars are going to pay for vaccines that will then be shipped to other countries because we have so many of them. And wait a second, if we have so many of them, 
then why was it an accomplishment for us to get enough of them? Sounds like we would have accomplished that pretty easily. At the end of April, we announced that we would provide another 60 million doses of our AstraZeneca vaccine overseas. Remember, this is the vaccine that's not authorized for use in the United States yet, so we're going to be sending it to folks once the FDA has reviewed this and said it's safe. This is all the AstraZeneca vaccine produced in the United States, all of it, will be sent to other countries. And today, I'm announcing they will also share U.S. authorized vaccine doses of Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson and Johnson as they become available with the rest of the world as well. I can't believe it, but he actually admitted it. (laughs) The AstraZeneca vaccine is not authorized for use here, even under the emergency use authorization. So what we're going to do is send it to India and Africa. Look what we've done. Look what we've done, America. Look at what you've done, America. There's not a single thing beyond our capacity. Uh... Well, thank you all. God bless you, and may God protect our troops. Thank you very much. Sir, are you worried about situation in India, sir? Mr. President, insist upon a ceasefire given the escalation in violence we've seen over the weekend. I'll be speaking with the Prime Minister in an hour, and I'll be able to talk to you after that. Thank you. If you've defended Israel's right to defend itself, do you still believe its actions are proportionate to what they're facing? And he wandered off aimlessly. And somehow, there are Americans who believe that guy was legitimately elected, and they are proud that he's the president. Over the weekend, a new video from inside the Capitol on January 6th has emerged. And someone in the chat said that they saw this video months ago. Obviously, that's possible since we know what day it was recorded. But I haven't seen it. I've seen other videos from inside the Capitol that show quite clearly the Capitol Police were happy to let the rioters in to the Capitol and that they were monitoring them while they were in the Capitol. But this one is pretty stunning. And obviously, apologies because it's audio and not video, but they're in like one of the main halls and the, what do they call him? The Q shaman or whatever. He's there. And then the other like dude in the the yellow hoodie with the long hair and the beard, He's there, and that's who you're going to hear talking. And this entire time, the Capitol Police are right behind him, and they're chatting with him. Show us 
This must be peaceful. This has to be peaceful. We have the right to peacefully assemble. And that voice at the end was actually the voice of the Q Viking shaman, whatever guy they want to call this guy. So these are the guys whose pictures are everywhere from being inside the Capitol. And you can hear them telling everyone in there, no matter what they do, they have to be peaceful. The Capitol Police literally said, we just need you guys to stay peaceful. No assault, no destruction, just be peaceful. And they said, fine. (laughs) And as people like me have been saying since January 6th, that is how Trump supporters act. The people smashing in windows and all of that outside the building, that's Antifa. That's John Sullivan's people. That's Insurgent USA or Insurgents USA. That's John Sullivan's organization. Many things happened that day. But one thing that did not happen is a very violent insurrection. You can't be staging a very violent insurrection if the police are allowing you into the Capitol perimeter, allowing you into the building where you walk peacefully between the velvet rope stanchions. And then you're actually engaged in a dialogue with the police where they say they have no problem with you being in there so long as you're peaceful. This video needs to be seen by everyone. Send it to your redeemable communists, to the redeemable communists in your life. Show them this video. Everything they think about everything is wrong especially events like January 6th. Not one original narrative about that day has shown to hold up at all. And it's kind of amazing that this video is coming out now or maybe circling back now because I never saw it. Because now is when they're trying to prop up a 9-11 style commission that will have full power to subpoena all these people, force them to testify They're going to try to have this big show trial about January 6th so they can make everyone into domestic terrorists. I don't think that's going to work. And if stuff like this keeps coming out, good luck on even starting that commission. So over the weekend, it was reported that a colonel, I believe, in the Space Force was taken out of his position for writing a book about creeping Marxism in the military. His name is Matthew Lohmeyer. And I bring this up, obviously, to highlight the story because it's definitely worth looking into. But as part of a larger thing that I've been talking about, everyone needs to just do what is right, okay? He could have, instead of publishing this book, he could have worried about his position in the military, which now he's lost at least temporarily. Of course, there's going to be investigations into this and some people in government are not happy with this move. But his book is now at number two on Amazon and that's because this happened. So this is just another instance of someone standing up and doing what's right and then being immediately cut down for it, but then rising back up higher. Okay, and that's the point I'm trying to make. 
people are going to have to take that initial risk. We see this happening and it turning out okay over and over and over again. That cop who made that video about LeBron, like where he was calling LeBron, trying to ask for permission about whether or not he could do his job. He got fired. Then he got a book deal. You have to go out there and be proud of doing what's right and understand that there's enough people out there who will get your back if and when you need them. That's what we're doing. That's what we all care about. Last week, a child was screamed at by some fat school teacher for not wearing a mask. A child was screamed at by an adult for not wearing a mask after the CDC said that if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. So we know just by virtue of how that all came out that the entire mask thing is a lie. Now, I'm sure this child was not vaccinated. Thank goodness. But the teacher is screaming at the child. Was the teacher not vaccinated? No, the teacher is an authoritarian communist psychopath. And that's what they want to show us. They want to show us that the cost of standing up for yourself is going to be too great. You're going to lose your job. You're going to lose your reputation. You're going to get in trouble. That's what they want to show us. All you have to do is stand up anyway and let other people stand up for you and encourage them to stand up. They rule through this sort of fear and intimidation. Okay. They're not actually going to successfully execute the punishment they tell you about. They just hope that the punishment sounds so severe that everyone else will be silent. That's the whole program. As soon as people start standing up and doing what's right, they have to move on to something else because they realize they lost that battle. But you have to have that courage up front to stand up and do it. And if that's just nothing more than saying to your like overbearing sibling or cousin that they're wrong, that's good. If you want to walk into a store without a mask on, that's good. Okay. You just have to show that you are going to do what's right and that you're not going to allow people to push you around because they are bullies. And as soon as you stand up to a bully, a bully stops, or at least they switch targets. And that's what they're going to keep doing. They're going to keep finding new targets, but it's not going to work. Because once everybody's standing up, they don't have anyone to bully, which is why they eventually turn on each other, by the way. So this week, the Arizona audit is on pause and it's starting next Monday, I believe. But that doesn't mean that nothing's happening in Arizona right now. And I don't know if it's just Ron Watkins, Code Monkey Z himself doing this or if he has tons of people feeding him information, but he is absolutely dropping bombs related to the Arizona audit and the overwhelming evidence of election fraud in Arizona. And he's been focused on the movement of ballots, the chain of custody, the actions of people like Jack Sellers from the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, 
shredded ballots, machine problems, password problems, database deletion problems. He's putting it all up like all day and night. So if you're on Telegram, go to Code Monkey Z, check his page out, go back three or four days and catch yourself up on the Arizona audit stuff. They have a press conference, I guess, today for the Board of Supervisors where they're going to lay out all their brand new explanations for why they didn't do anything wrong. And inevitably, they'll make their situation worse. And then there's some hearing tomorrow with the state senators. But Wendy Rogers, who's a state senator from Arizona, tweeted out uh, on Saturday. States who use the fraud machines should audit every county where they were used. There is enough evidence and information available now to question every single county in the nation where machines were used. And there it is. That is one big tweet. I've been talking about this now for six months. I want everything audited everywhere. And now it's out in the public narrative. Now, obviously, she's not a national figure. The national media is not going to pay attention to this. But this is how the ball gets rolling. This is what we need. Audit everything everywhere. Forensic audits. Do it right. Don't do what New Hampshire's doing right now, which is actually exposing themselves even further by running a terrible audit. The attorney general from New Hampshire actually went into the audit room with secured ballot boxes, asked if there was anyone in there, and when the security guard told her no... The cameras went out for an hour and a half. What in the world is she doing in the audit room in the middle of the night by herself? And why did the cameras go off? This is really where we are. I know it sounds like this stuff is crazy. Like, come on, that couldn't have happened. Of course it could happen. Look at what these people are trying to cover up. Again, you have to remember all these people speaking out against this audit. And against all the audits in all the other states, all of them know they're not confused about what happened. They're not confused about whether or not fraud exists. They're bought off. Or they achieved their own political power through that same corruption, which is basically the same as being bought off. None of these people who are failing to stand up and object to the overwhelming evidence of election fraud are doing so because they don't see the fraud. That's impossible. There is only one direction this can go. There has always only been one direction this can go. And if you want to know how not crazy any of this is, all you have to do is listen to Democrats talk about it in their own words. We recently also, I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol um, where we brought in um, folks who, before our eyes, hacked election machines, um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states but are not state-of-the-art from our perspective. Uh, We're very concerned because there's only three companies. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling that. 43% of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws 
including back doors. These companies are accountable to no one. They won't answer basic questions about their cybersecurity practices, and the biggest companies won't answer any questions at all. Five states have no paper trail, and that means there is no way to prove the numbers the voting machines put out are legitimate. So much for Cybersecurity 101. Got that? Those three commies were fake Vice President Kamala Harris, Senator from Minnesota Amy Klobuchar, who totally just dropped out of the Democratic primary when she was told that Joe Biden would be selected. And then the guy with the severe speech impediment is Senator Ron Wyden, always projecting confidence and authority. That clip from Klobuchar was actually from the documentary Kill Chain, which is still on HBO. So there's another wonderful way to red pill communists. Be like, hey, you should watch this HBO documentary. Watch them not do it. (laughs) They'll say that it's biased now. (laughs) The documentary was totally legitimate when we were trying to say that Stacey Abrams would definitely win and that Donald Trump had definitely lost. But now that documentary is biased. So it's biased in retrospect. They didn't know how biased their documentary was when they were making it. They didn't realize that now that they've made that documentary, they've made themselves retroactively domestic terrorists who only tell the big lie. And so while I've been recording, attorney Matthew DiPerno in Antrim County, Michigan, has been holding a press conference where he divulged that this weekend they discovered that with these machines, it's actually possible to reopen the election after it has been closed and then feed through new ballots and backdate the tabulation tape so that no one will ever be the wiser. That's where we are right now. These machines are election fraud machines. They do not count the votes. They simply enact who won. They are a cover for cheating. They make the cheating operation so elaborate that no one will ever take the time to get all the way to the bottom of it. Well, I guess when you have an election where the guy you say won so obviously lost to such a massive part of the country. That's when it happens. That's when we get to the bottom of it. And that's what's happening right now. So in addition to that hearing in Arizona tomorrow, Matthew DiPerno is also going to be getting some guidance from the judge in Antrim County tomorrow. And that little hearing will be minus uh, Hyder Chasm who was one of the attorneys working for the state of Michigan against the American people. But he had to drop out (laughs) because he used to agree with us on the record. You know who else did that? Elena Parent, this state rep 
from Georgia who was basically in the Giuliani hearings just harassing people, trying to shoot down all the points they were making, basically calling them liars or suggesting they did not know what they were talking about. But now video has come out from her just a few years ago talking about how fraudulent these systems are. Every single person in this lie knows that they're lying. They're not confused. They're not just trying to do the right thing. They're lying. And a lot of them try to justify it by saying that just Trump is just so bad. But most of them are just corrupt and they're taking payoffs and they're accumulating power because that's all they care about. And they don't actually care about the good of the country and they don't care about what this means and what they've taken part in. But they are all going down, every single one of them, and nothing can stop it, which is why you should enjoy this stuff. You are watching systemic evil being dismantled before your eyes. And it's not always clean. And yes, of course, I know that some people are harmed in the process. I understand that. But it is what it is. We're at war with global communism and our greatest adversary has completely compromised our fake president and still got him into office even after unleashing a biological weapon on the world. That's where we are. So look at this stuff in the proper light. Yeah, things aren't wonderful right now in general, but every day they get better with no exceptions. Every single day we are on the way to making this better. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns do not work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate, or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain.
acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm Your Moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm Your Moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!